This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. And as usual, I am joined by my co-host, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's going on, man? Actually, I know one thing that's going on. You nutless monkey, you've got the first pick in our uh, Beat Chris List $350, $125,000 grand prize. I mean, neither of us are going to win that, but in the unlikely event that one of us did, the overall, uh, we're our online championships for drafting Friday night, and uh, you got the number one pick. Yeah, you didn't give me any notice whatsoever. You just kind of... Uh as it was announced, let me know. And it's fine. I kind of had to move around some things, but signed up and, uh, I, yeah. What is your KDS, uh, favorite? You want to talk about that? You want to reveal what your preference is and explain what that is? Yeah. KDS is Kentucky Derby style. And it means you can set where you prefer to draft. And it's kind of a smart thing. The NFBC does because let's say like, you know, I really want to draft sixth and you really want to draft 12th and we just did the order randomly, I might end up 12th and you might end up 6th and we're both unhappy. Why not give us both of our choices? So they let you rank where you want to draft and then you get picked out of a hat. Instead of picking where you draft, they pick you know your ranking and then it goes through your rankings and gives you the highest remaining one when your turn comes up. I was moving it around. I had one and two in that order, first choices. I think I moved seven where I am to number three and that means I have no idea what I think you can actually look up like what lottery number you got, but I don't think yeah, seven's it shows up. it on there. It, it shows it because I was kind of questioning whether I, Ooh, I should have maybe taken two as my number one preference, you know, because then I don't have to choose between trout and bets. Um, but, but I noticed that I couldn't have, uh, I, I, that was already taken. Someone, someone ahead of me got, Oh, this. so you, you got the second, your that. second yeah. choice was number one. It was like my third choice. No, no, it was my first choice, but it was the, whatever it, the people above me didn't want it. You get what I'm saying? So you got the number two, you, you ended up getting the number two draw, basically. Yeah, I think it was two or three, correct? Two or yeah. three. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. what I got. I so. moved seven up at the last minute because I was trying to, like, figure out, like, you know, what that means for my subsequent drafts. At first, I thought I was going to get DeGrom or Sale. And I was like, well, because I've been talking it up on the radio so much and all these people who are in the league are mostly from the radio, they hear it. So I was like, well, if I pick 12th, I may get neither or 10th even. So I was like, I'll get one of them at seven for sure. But then I started thinking, maybe I don't want to take them, and maybe seventh isn't ideal, or maybe I'd rather just take them if I were tenth, or take both of them. And so now I'm like, I don't know really why I picked seventh. I'm not really sure how I feel about it, but it's fine. Once I didn't get one or two, I didn't have a strong preference. Yeah, so you got the seventh choice order. So yeah, I, I did. The okay. Out of the hat, two people, and you got the seventh. Exactly. Yeah, so that's okay. That's so I got the seventh but, choice, and I picked seventh. All right. Yeah, so, so I, I like early the wheels myself, but um, and this is also going to be so different for me because I, I've done two two drafts so far this year, and they've been fifteen team leagues. So I'm going to be all screwed up. But I'm definitely not smart enough to to like do some spreadsheet and figure out what I should be expecting the difference there. So that's going to throw me for a loop. But and the two 
I've been on the other end of drafts. I've been 14 or 15. So, right. so that'll be different, but I'm going to okay. dominate either way. Yeah. So you're going to take trout, the nutless monkey that you are. I mean, a real man would take sale or Scherzer or something interesting, but well, you know, back in the day I would have had no problem. I mean, I've taken Kershaw number one plenty when his ADP was five or six or seven or eight. You know, I've done that. I've done that. I, past, I took so. Kershaw number one in a, uh, a main event, I think, or maybe I was picking two and I took him number one. Cause, um, I think Matt Modica took Trout and I took Kershaw and I was hoping he was going to take Trout. At seven, I'm looking at a couple of guys and maybe someone will snake me. I might get Acuna if he's there. I was looking at what Acuna did once he got called up and you know he missed like a month because he was banged up. He's a monster. And I think in the 12, you can get pitchers in rounds two and three. like two, You're almost guaranteed to get them, whereas in the 15, it gets really sketchy by round three. Uh, so... I, th- I think in this one, I'm more inclined to take a hitter in round one. Yeah, well, that's Acuna is idiots. He runs. He's in the top of that order. He could be an absolute monster. I think I have him on my overall around seventh or whatever. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't call that a stretch. But again, I'm pushing back those starters. So, uh, yeah, Acuna there. I don't know if you're giving misinformation or what, because this is gonna this draft is, is going to be right after this this goes up. But uh, yeah, so Acuna is your target. I heard you you you, you dropped some other kind of uh, more than hints of players you like and don't like on the XM show. I don't like talking because everyone can hear it. And, <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, it's kind of my job to say what I think. So really? this goes with the territory. And I haven't really, you know, they're sort of half-baked thoughts. And uh, not saying that I am baked when I'm doing the show, but they're half-baked thoughts. So I haven't really figured out what I want to do. Like I was talking about Sale and DeGrom because – if you look at uh, Steamer or the Bat, they have Salem DeGrom. If you run yeah. them through any kind of formula, just crushing. They're way ahead. They're, they're worth more than almost anybody. Steamer has Sale ahead of Trout, at least running through my numbers. And so you're like, all right, well, this is supposed to be the most accurate system of all, Steamer. But I did this thing. I, I probably talked about it, but I actually did it. Um, I, I aggregated the Bat, yeah, which is Derek Cardi's yeah. system. Steamer, which is the one that seems to grade out the best year after year, although I don't know if the bat was part of that competition, and the NFBC ADP. And I gave 60% to the NFBC, 20 to the bat, and 20 to Steamer, figuring that the market has more information than the algorithms. Like The algorithms have interesting information about players. Should they stay healthy? Should they be who they are, given how old they are? But I feel like the market just has way more information baked into it. You know, It's like sale is number one in steamer, number two in the bat, and number like 15th in uh, NFBC. And, you know, it's because he was hurt, because his velocity was down down the stretch. He's healthy now, but, you know, that this like steamer in the bat can't really, they can't quantify that. They just look at what he did and the innings he had, the age that he is. He's healthy now, so they give him his complement of starts, and that's the end of it. At 300 strikeouts, you know, one season ago, and he was just an absolute monster last year, 211 ERA. If he were 100%, I absolutely would probably be arguing that he should be the number one pick. So, yeah, but in that case, they don't know. They can't fact, they can factor in all. They probably do factor in, obviously, aging curves. And, and, and I wonder how detailed right. they get into, like, late, late season velocity. But there's certainly not an algorithm in which they can be, like, what type of shoulder injury and how, how much has it affected him over six months of rest. So you're at, there's zero way of, of interpreting that. And his velocity was up last year, even including the end. So what are they going to do? One month of velocity? They can't even do that. So the algorithms are dumb. You know, I mean, they, they, they're smart in that, like, if you have a guy like, 
you know, just a guy like Anthony Rizzo or something, the algorithm's going to do a good job with him because just like age, well, skill set. Hold on, just real quick before I forget. In a way, that's good that they ignore that noise in, in other ways, right? That they're dumb and they don't care about something that you let it seep in. But yes, in this aspect, yeah, the way you're using the term dumb might throw people, but I get exactly what you're saying. They're dumb. They're, they just do, they're just, you know, robots. And so they just yeah. do the thing they're supposed to do without bias. I mean, there's biases built in to their programs, but they're mostly based on what's been predictive in the past. So it's great for guys like Anthony Rizzo or, you know, Chris Davis with a K or just basic dudes who were like the same guys last year who are a year older, adjusted for parks and great. They spit out the baseline stats for those guys. I think it's really useful for guys like that. But when you're talking about sale or Acuna or, you know, some of these young guys who are growing at a dramatic rate, I don't think it's very good. Yeah, and that's that's would be the most important too. Is I want to know what an import, you know, Japanese guy, what is Kikuchi right. going to do? What what are the people that have had his numbers where he's pitched before? How is that translated? Uh, people in the minors, especially too. I mean, those would be the ones the projection systems that I'd rely on the most too. But obviously, the, the difficulty level is the highest there. Yeah, I mean, Steamer has Vlad Guerrero as like their thirty third player, so it's not like they're. It's just they're translating that four hundred average from Double A, and it translates pretty well, I guess. You know, I'm two for two with Vlad, so I hope I hope that's right. Uh, you're not getting that. You, guy, better, so. you better take him on that that two three turn. Yeah, it would definitely be difficult. Yeah, because uh, obviously, yeah, I got him in the third fourth turn with my and the other one. So yeah, you better take him on the two three tough. turn. You're not getting him back. <clears throat> yeah, I hope uh, probably not going to go that far. But you're trying to talk me into it now. I might. That guy could be an real man. Does monster, it? But. Trout and Guerrero. Oh, that's unbeatable, dude. <laughs> Look at the best yeah, two players in baseball. How can you? How can you not do it? Yeah, talk me. I might do it. I mean, Guerrero is going to be a monster. And uh, what what is a strategy change? Have you done any uh, fifty round you know draft champions? Do you ever do that? It doesn't really seem like something you you know you would do. Nah. But have you? Nah, I've never done it. Nah. Yeah. So this will be your first draft. Is that what you're telling me? This is my first one of the season. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. I don't want any excuses, but uh, yeah, it should be fun. Looking forward to it. You got so you want to talk any more strategy? Who do you want in the round two? Who are you targeting there? Coming back. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter what you do. I don't know. So I, I might look at a pitcher, you know, Verlander's there. I may take him. Um, but I might also go with another bat cause I, I know I can get a pitcher in round three and round four might get, start getting a little sketch. And then, you know, the question is, did I get enough strikeouts? But it depends what bat is there. I mean, if Stanton comes back to me, I'd be very tempted. I like Freddie Freeman. I like, yeah. A bunch of guys. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I just, it just really depends what comes back. Yeah. And I guess after all my talk, I better implement my, my strategy. So thinking about that, I heard Greg Ambrosius on the, your XM show. And he uh, basically said, if you try that, you'll just get destroyed in K's, which I mean, it makes sense if you don't draft starters early, but he made it seem like you're just burying yourself and definitely tried to discourage me uh, listening to that. Uh, then on the other, other hand though, Steve Gardner, I want to point out, he was reading a, a good article he wrote, and he pointed out that like last year, 5.1 innings uh, by starters, lowest ever. Uh, me, guess how many? Well, it's probably a tough one to guess, but just 58 starters qualified for the ERA title last year. I mean, that's fewer than two per team. Right. I don't know, man. I'm guessing that trend's even only going to be more extreme with the openers. I mean, the average starter, 5.1 innings. I mean, the lowest ever. It's only going to get more and more that way, man. 
That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but the I've average to- starter doesn't mean anything because the, with the openers, that's dragging down the average like crazy. Like that's like saying like the I, average lifespan, you know, in this country is 58, and then you realize that like half the children, you know, die in childbirth, and you're like, oh, well, well it's, once you're you know five, your lifespan might be 80, but it's just they're averaging in. You can't average in the opener. The openers are, are just dragging down the average because there's like, yeah, well, even if you have like 20 games where there's a guy who goes one inning, that just, that's like lower than, you know, that never happens. Okay. So then argue the other way, then put differently 58, only 58 qualified for the ERA title. Then. Well, how many qualify for the ERA title last few yeah, years? I know, right. right, right, right to no, what? That's, that's what I actually, I actually asked him that, but it's, 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 it's and how many, like and how far below, numbers, I mean, but, there's our ERA titles, an arbitrary endpoint. It could be 40 more guys like within five innings of it or something. Probably not, but there could be. So, I yeah. mean, look, I, obviously the, the real issue is the third time through the order thing that people are, the teams are now wary of. And then there's also the, the 10 day DL where you can just skip a couple starts for guys just to rest them, do these six man rotations, kind of ease people in, ease their workload for the postseason. Then you have like the tanking teams, the haves and have nots that, make it possible for teams running away with it to go easy on their starters innings. There's a whole bunch of trends at once. I kind of think like analytics is killing the game. And I made this example on the XM show where if you're playing the Yahoo game, I know we have a a moves cap now, but before we did, we only, we didn't have it for like the first eight years we did it. And you could literally just pick up and drop guys and they'd be on waivers for two days and imagine if you're playing football or something, and I know that your kicker's on by this week, and I pick up and drop all the kickers that are playing. Right. before you know, And you're not even like trying to put in for kickers on waivers. You're like, ah, just on Friday or Saturday or Sunday morning, I'll just pick one up you know, just for the game. And before you can do that, I've already picked up and dropped every single one. And now the waivers run on Monday, and you can't get a, a kicker. You're going to get a zero. Like It's a really smart way for me to win, but... It's ruining the game. That ruins the game. And so you can see how optimizing for winning is not the same thing as optimizing for a good game. Extreme. That's an extreme example. You think we're taking it that far with analytics is what you're saying? I, I think that the analytics, they don't really care what the product is. They're just trying to maximize winning per dollar. You know, save money, sure. maximize money. Okay. Yeah. They're trying that to optimize sense. a certain thing, and they're they're sort of like indifferent to, I mean, they're not indifferent long-term, but they don't really know and, and they're not thinking about it. And so they're, they're completely ignoring a, a huge aspect of the game, which is how enjoyable is it to watch? And they're just like, okay, I'll let Rob Manfred deal with that or, you know, let the rules committee. And thing is like what we did in Yahoo is we had a, a moves cap, you know, it wasn't for that specifically, but for just people like picking up every single guy to stop the hustlers from just dominating like a common sense rule, basically. Well, you can, but then every rule creates unintended consequences. Like every single rule creates unintended consequences. Like if you, if you look at the rule that like, okay, well, you know, veterans get paid in free agency, but young players need to earn their stripes and get through arbitration and all this stuff. They're under team control for six years. Okay. That rule was designed so that the veterans would get like the lion's share of the spend and as free agents and what ended up happening is they know they're waiting to sign these veterans all these veterans remain unsigned till so late if ever because the young players is just such better values like why would somebody want to sign a, a mediocre to decent veteran 
when he's 10 times more expensive than a guy who just got, you know, who you're, who's under team control. So that's like an unintended consequence. Every single rule you make that you add creates new ways of gaming, incentivizing the gaming of the system. Yeah. You optimize for one thing, you know, Nassim Taleb said, you know, optimization equals fragility. You optimize for any one thing too far and you make the system fragile. So I don't know. Anyway, I'm it, going a little far afield, but I'm no, but it, go ahead. It's kind of colliding with shifting too. I mean, shifting is in that, in this aspect as well. Yes. Well, that's unclear if that's even beneficial whatsoever, but it's certainly changing the aesthetics of the game to the point in which the league is actually, you know, looking into like banning it or putting some sort of changes in store. So it's kind of exactly what you're talking about there. Right. You know, let, let's make it so that we optimize our defensive alignment. It sounds great. It's a great idea. You know, any, any smart analytics person will want to do that. But then, then you get to a point where it's like, oh, everybody's three true outcomes. And they're starting to realize some of the effects on the game. And this is more for the fantasy game rather than the reality game. I'm not necessarily sure that openers hurts the real game at all. But it's definitely having an impact on the fantasy game. And all this stuff has to be taken into account. I'm just not sure that the openers are opening for anybody who you'd really want to draft in fantasy. That's, that's the only that, caveat. That may be true. And, and all of my arguments I'm even making still makes it even truer that guys, like if you do get a healthy sale or something, be all the more valuable. I mean, those guys in the first rounds could just be such unicorns. Yeah. Although at the same time, it could be like, okay, well, the guy who has sale and Scherzer yeah. One by a mile, but I exactly. cobbled it together and got a 10 in strikeouts and a, yep. a nine in wins with a bunch of scrubs. You know, I mean, that's, exactly. that's the flip side is, okay, well, yeah, this guy paid through the teeth to get sale, and sure, it was great. He got 15s in strikeouts. He got a 15 in strikeouts, but, you know, at what cost? Whereas I got a 10 in strikeouts and have loaded hitting. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking a little bit, but um, fired up for this draft. We got to make a side bet, obviously. So who are you taking at the 2-3 turn? Oh man. Um, what? Who are you hoping for? Twice. That's not the same, man. You pick, uh, you pick twice. So, um, uh, the first pick's not going to, my first pick's not going to affect you. You're not going to get, there's no one I'm going to take in the first round. Well, you, you, you said Freddie Freeman. He, he absolutely could fall to 24 and I would take him. I'd like him a lot. Okay. No, I might take Freddie in the second round. Now I'm definitely going to take him. But my point is that my point is that I'm not going to take him in the first round. Right. Right. I know. So well, I only have one pick. Okay. I only have one pick that's right. pertinent. And I'm probably not going to take your guy. Would you take Harper if he falls? Oh, man. Um, yeah, Harper would be right around there. He'd be, he'd be a guy. I'd be, I think, man, him, and, him or Soto, I would actually uh, debate. I would, be, I, would, I would consider Soto. Yeah, I'd I consider Soto there. You would take Soto. Why I don't would know. you take Soto there? That's kind of early for him. Or Machado. I don't know about Machado. Machado's not going to make it. Uh, he might be on the Padres. He might make it to you. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. He might on the Padres. Uh, what about, um, I don't know. I kind of like, uh, like Marte. Uh, steals are so hard to come by. Yeah, I like Marte in the third round. I guess the 2-3 is, is not too bad. But Soto, I, I wouldn't take Soto there. I mean, you like, I you like I Blackman more? Do you like, you like Blackman and Harper more? I don't love Blackman. But Soto... Thing about Soto is he doesn't really run. He runs a little bit, but not much. And so then you're like, okay, well, what does he really do? Well, he hits for power and average, but it was 414 at bats. So does he really hit for average in the majors? Do we really know this? It's hard to know. He crushed the average in the minors, but it was such small samples at such low levels. 
It's really crazy. Like he, he truly came out of nowhere. Soto. Yeah. The bat projects him as the seventh best hitter in baseball. It's pretty, uh, pretty crazy for his age. What is he? A teenager? I mean, that's silly. I hear you though about the relaxing. Yeah, money. I, the bat. What is? What do you mean? That you mean like woba or something or war or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But in woba. fantasy, the bat has him under my translation of its rankings uh, as the thirtieth overall player, which is pretty high because that's all the pitchers too. And, and Soto gets a lot of his value from his on base percentage, like in real life, for his walks. Oh yeah, no, those are obviously different things. Yeah, I mean Acuna yeah. that gets all those stolen bases. So is that your own formula for fantasy value? You came up when you put in the stats. Is that how, how exactly? Is that? I, I use their stats. I did. I did a lot of adjustments though. Like I, for like Steamer projects everybody. Like Steamer gives Trout like less than five hundred bats or barely five hundred bats and thirty six home runs, and the bat gives Trout forty four home runs and like five hundred fifty at bats. So like the bat gives full seasons, and Steamer really subtracts and so for both i said anyone under like 145 games they get replacement value times whatever the difference is so if you play 130 games you're going to get 15 replacement games added to all of your stats per my formula like i went went in pretty deep and did this because you know in real life if you're i mean in real life in fantasy in in your league if trout's on the dl for two weeks you're going to pick someone up you're not going to just have a, a zero so if he's doing what he's doing in fewer games, he's actually more valuable than his stats. If Trout and Betts are projected for just about the same, but Trout's got 15 fewer games, which is the case in Steamer or more, then Trout's more valuable because you're going to have someone else when he's not playing. So I added those in. So I did a whole bunch of stuff, um, and I re- but I used their initial projections. And I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure other systems could do it differently, but yeah, the results are what they are. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense, and it was interesting. I, I definitely checked that out. I love um, – I don't even think you like this guy, but I love Aaron Judge, but no way he falls uh, down to me. So I'm, I'm looking at it realistically. It'll probably be someone like Harper, or I'd, I'd love Stanton too. Freeman, I said, or it'll probably be one of those outfielders, Blackman, Marte, Soto, or like Ben Intendi. Ben Intendi. Because I'm, I'm, go, yeah. I'm going hitters, so it's one of those. I think I just listed I'm assuming Chris you know, Bryant. five pitchers go. So I would consider uh, – for some reason, I don't – I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Bryant would be right there. Sure. Vlad. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get me that. I, uh, I've already, yeah, I'm too far down. No, no. Yeah. I've, I've listed in that. It, There's it would no be, way you're getting like, Vlad. Those outfielders. Vlad's definitely not getting by me in round four. So if you pass on him on the two, three turn, you're not getting him back. I know. I want him too, but man, that's a little, that's a little early for some. He's not even in the majors. <laughs> He's not even going to be in the yeah, majors. I, I could see them like being total dicks and like calling him up in right. July 1st. They don't get hurt again. Like last year. Right. Yeah, totally. So yeah. So one of, one of those guys I'd love like a, yeah. I mean, if if Stanton fell, it could be Ah, no way I'm going to get Stan. I'm going to take Stan and Freeman in a second. Yeah. Take them both. Exactly. Exactly. Harper. I don't know. I wonder where Harper is going to end up. I I don't know. What are your thoughts on Harper? I've been saying, I think there's like a non-zero chance. He's not signed to start the year. People think, Oh, well, okay. Well that the domino should start falling. Machado just signed, but Machado and Harper are very different. Machado plays defense. And Boris is not his agent. So maybe Harper, maybe Harper goes to the White Sox or something and they didn't get Machado. Maybe they, you know, say, screw it. I'll just, we'll just take Harper. But it's a really different proposition between those two. So Har- Harper and Beckham both coming to the Bay Area. You heard these reports, right? Jay Glazer's in the no list. You hear about this, right? Beckham's going to the Niners. Done. Book it. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, now, now that we have Barkley, like I'm sort of like I could live without Beckham. 
I was going to stop rooting for the Giants if they traded Beckham. But Beckham got hurt again. He's another year older. If they got like a <laughs> real like, haul, I, it wouldn't be the end of the world. It, you know, it's like he's still really good. He's probably got like five good years left, but he'll probably be hurt for one of them. So, you know, he's got like three, four. I mean, he's really good, but he's probably like peaked already. Like it's probably, he's still going to be really good, but he's not going to be quite as good as he was two years ago. So I, I don't know. I could live with it. There's this, there's this dumbass tweet that I just quoted from some reporter that was like, a scout says why giants will pass on Hoskins or whoever Haskins or whoever the hell that kid oh, is. Oh, I saw you do that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Did that guy respond. No, but I'm like, why would you quote a scout on what the giants are going to do? You can quote a scout on what he thinks of the QB prospect, but how the hell does he know what the giants are going to do? It was, t- it was totally like, it's totally random. It was a non sequitur. Like here's what, a, why the scout thinks the giants will pass on him. And maybe Gettleman's an idiot. I don't know. I'm kind of of the mind though, that you just, you know, we had that whole debate with Sam Bradford and Dominican Sue long time ago, but just don't take the QB that's there just cause he's there. You know, take Baker Mayfield. Don't take Sam Darnold. And maybe I'll be proven wrong with Darnold, but you know, don't just take the guy that's there with the early first round pick. Make sure it's the guy you want to commit to for 10 years. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. I saw you tweet that and I laughed, but of course the guy didn't um, respond, but yeah, bringing it back to Bay area Beckham, it probably won't even end up getting traded, but if Harper did land in San Francisco, that would be the worst news for his fantasy value though. But yeah, I think, I think we come to the conclusion that my team dominates for those first, first, first three rounds. Who are you looking at in round three then after I've already basically put this league to rest? Yeah, I think you'll you'll do a good job through round one. I, I have confidence that your team will be solid through <laughs> no, round actually, one. After I that, do want to talk about that. Actually, I do want to talk about that. In all seriousness, are, 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 Trout versus Betts for you. I would take Trout. I just okay. Oh, without I mean, hesitation Betts, or think about. I mean, or I don't know. I I wouldn't think about it that hard. I mean, Betts had an okay. amazing year last year and probably has the higher batting average ceiling as he showed last year, but. Just, I mean, the trout is just every year. I mean, it's every single year. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cash back or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc. And the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. And yeah, he gets hit by a pitch or whatever and misses some time, but that's just kind of random. I he's twenty seven or whatever. I just don't see any reason to deviate. It's kind of like taking Todd Gurley first this year before he hurt his knee. It's like yeah, you could like talk yourself into David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell before that turned into a total disaster. But just don't fuck with it. Just take the I don't know. I, don't, I just don't see any reason to get cute with it. He's, he's raised his OPS five straight seasons. Remember when I was uh, last week, I'm like, oh, Harper had a 9.1 war at age 20 or whatever. That was his best season by far. Here's uh, Mike Trout's war. 10, 10.1, 8.3, 9.3, 9.6, 7.1, 7.2, 7.3, 7.4, 7.5, 7.6, 7.7, 7.8, 7.9, 7.10, 7.11, 7.12, 7.13, 7.14, 
six point nine, uh, nice, and very few, a lot of missed games, and then nine point eight last year. I mean, it's, he's he's ridiculous, dude. He's he's absolutely. People talk about underrated athletes. I mean, whatever, for wherever he, where he plays, whatever, factoring in age and defense, that guy is just whatever. It's just it's it's crazy. But yes, well, he's, I'm taking. He's like he's like Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, peak Mickey Mantle. You know, he, that, that's he's one of those guys. I mean, he's one of those all time greats. He's doing it in a pitcher's park. People don't realize. I mean, yeah, yeah. no, he, he he's absolutely an all time great. But so. um definitely going trout with the first pick, but um, I think it is debatable though. I mean, bets could, could run more, but then round three, do you have any, I want to talk any more about that or you have any other baseball, um, baseball well, ideas you have a list for, for us last week? Yeah. So like round two, as I said, I might, I, if Verlander's there, I may take him. If he's gone, I'll probably wait because I think Severino Bauer will be there in three. One of those two guys. Or Carrasco. I think someone will be there in round three for me. I'd like to get two pitchers, but I think in the 12, I can go two, two hitters and a pitcher. I'd like to get Acuna in round one. If Acuna's gone, I could take Trey Turner. I said I wasn't going to, but then like there's a, a note that came out saying he's going to run a lot more this year, which is kind of nice. Just lock that up and don't even think about steals anymore the rest of your draft. So that's one thing. I could take DeGrom. I don't think Scherzer's going to be there. I'm positive he won't. And then what about Lindor? You, would you snap call Lindor at the 2-3 turn? I have, oh, snap call the 2-3. I have him ranked 17th um, right now, but oh boy, I don't know. I should lower that. Um, snap call. Ah, I don't know. That's tough. I actually hope. He was I going number three enjoy. before he got hurt. I know, but he's hurt now and you're getting. Trout and Lindor. Yeah, I guess it depends on who Don't else. Don't be a nutless there. monkey. Yeah. You got to take Lindor if he's there. Yeah, if Lindor fell to me. Yeah. If I did switch it up and went pitcher, I definitely love Severino this year. But um, yeah, if Lindor fell, yeah, I guess, I guess that ha- I probably would. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny because we talk all the shit, and the reality is, nobody knows shit. All these picks are good in the first two rounds. It's like all these guys are good. And some of them are going to turn out to be terrible for some reason or other that we can't foresee. And some of them would be way better than we even think for some reason we can't foresee. And that's just like, it's just like, it's not really, really even where the rubber meets the road. You know, I mean, it matters hugely, but we're all just taking like whatever we think is, you know, it's just kind of ridiculous. This whole, the whole thing. I remember in football, everyone was like, oh, wow. Great I start. really love the Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, one, two start at the turn. You know, it was like, it's just none of that shit means anything. You know, they just, people just say shit all the time. Why well, you Having got Leonard Fournette love, and AJ Green. Wow. That's awesome. That's a great start. My hypothetical start in this league that we're going to draft in a few days. Let me tell you, but um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying and it's all, it all ma- and it matters in these middle rounds and at the end. And I felt like more than ever a battle of attrition and injuries or whatever with baseball becoming more and more that way. And that's probably why I, told myself you're going hitter next year and i don't think there's any rhyme or reason either to like games missed i think it's like three years ago it had a massive amount like top five two years ago like one of the fewest and then last year again back to one of the most so so who knows with any of this stuff it's so crazy and more i more i do it i mean you get all these plans you love your teams you're so excited for the season to start and then by like may you're like the fuck is going on none of my guys are good none of my guys are healthy random stuff is happening. And then by August, you're like, God, I'm just so sick of making these moves. 
and you know football is going to be a shit show, but you're like, all right, at least bring on football. It's like you get excited for it, at least. Like you, you think it's going to, you know, maybe you'll put together a good team. But it, it just like every year you just get like worn down by the total randomness of it. Unless like in 2015, I had a massive year where everything went right. And then it makes perfect sense that everything is exactly how you thought it should be. So it's, uh, it's, it's just crazy. You, know, you, you really can't know in advance like which year is going to go which way. Definitely. But I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for this one to get started because, yeah, these slow drafts, it can be fun or whatever. But, man, it can be maddening, the, the, the length, four-round slow drafts. I can't so deal with that. Shirt. I, I can't deal with slow drafts. I stopped doing those MFLs because I just couldn't. I, I was too bored waiting and then I'd miss my pick yeah. and then I'd set a, I didn't want to set a queue cause I wanted to see what, what happened before I set the queue. It was a real, I'm struggling with the same thing. I hear you. I think I'm too and done for the, for the I season, but uh, yeah, I, I can't, my attention span doesn't, doesn't last that long. I hear you. All right, man. You said this one could be a short one. You got anything else? Not really. We can leave. I got my, you know, my half baked thoughts, fully baked thoughts about a bunch of shit, but, um, probably just get me in trouble. So let's, let's skip it for now. You got any, uh, any well, last I'm curious uh, on your, I was curious on your, your take on the, did we, um, the Amazon, New York and the, the gangster thread that you, you linked to that you tweeted. I don't know if I came across that independently, but I saw that you retweeted it. Um, cause I read that earlier too. It was really uh, interesting, but do you have any thoughts on that at all? Yeah. I'm really glad they kicked those douchebags out. And now like there's trouble in Virginia, supposedly the Pentagon is looking whether it's a conflict of interest. I mean, Amazon, I mean, this is commonplace. They had some dude who worked, he worked for Amazon, then he worked at the Department of Defense, then he worked back for Amazon trying to like be the guy who's locking up the deal. It's just total corruption. They didn't really look, look at all the bids. None of these private gigantic monopolies should be in bed with the government, but of course they are. And it's just a scourge, man. I, I'm, glad, I'm glad New York kicked their asses out. They wanted all these breaks and everything else. Yeah, it's great to bring jobs, but it's like every other business is operating there without some giant handout creating jobs. And I was like, Rotowire creates jobs, not as many as Amazon, but in Madison, Wisconsin. And we're not asking Madison for a handout and trying to blackmail them or relieve. You know, it's like just to be an honest business, man. You don't have to cheat. That's one of my, this is one of my half-baked thoughts, actually, it takes me to, because you ever see the movie The Flamingo Kid? No, I don't believe so. Okay, it's with Matt Dillon, I guess this is uh, before your time, and uh, Richard Crenna, who's the, he's the colonel in Rambo. He's this guy, I'm going to give it away, but it's from like the 80s, so I think it's all right. Matt, Matt Dillon, I think he's like, I can't remember, maybe his dad is like just some blue-collar dude, has a regular job, and Matt Dillon, like for the summer, he's 20-something or 18 or whatever, and he gets a job at the fancy beach club. He sees like one of the guys, who's Richard Crenna, and that dude is always winning money from everyone, from everyone at cards and gin. And he takes a liking to him and he becomes kind of his, not his protege, but he just sort of like, you know, likes the kid and the kid kind of like worships the guy. And he tells his dad, like, why are you such a loser? Like, this guy's like the man. And his dad is, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. And in the end, Matt Dillon is the one who catches the guy cheating. He's got like some guy and he's winning like a lot of money because it's a high end club and people are rich. And he realizes that he's got one of his guys like, I can't remember exactly how he's cheating, but like reflecting a mirror or something so that he can see the other people's cards. And it's just, I don't know. It's, 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 not, it's an all right movie. It's not bad, but it just, it's like his realization that this guy he idolizes and thinks is this respectable, wealthy, successful person, as opposed to his dad who just has like an honest job. 
it, it all gets shattered. Like, oh, this guy's just a fucking cheater. He's not cool. He's not a genius. He's not this amazing card player. He's fucking cheating his, his peers. And I feel like that movie, it's so simple, but Amazon's cheating. They can't just go and fucking do business. They have to downgrade everybody else's products and copy whatever's selling well. They can't just like say, okay, fine. We'll launch a product. You launch a product. We'll list it neutrally and whatever people prefer they'll get. They can't just do that. They can't just come to New York and open an office. They have to like extort tax breaks and all these favorable terms. They can't just like compete fairly. They got to cheat. All these people that, that you think are so amazing, like a lot of it's cheating. A lot of the people that are deemed the big successes, there's some way in which they're cheating. You know, Facebook's like stealing all your data and doing all the stuff that's shady without permission. All these gigantic companies, they can't help themselves. They cheat. Yeah. No, it's tough though, isn't it? I mean, it's tough to, I, I don't know enough, um, but from the outside, it seems like while that may be true, but is it also, you know, um, did it also hurt some certain aspects of if, would there also been other benefits of that joining the community, even if it would have these evil threads, you know, accompanied with it? I don't think so. I mean, you can't, basically nobody knows, is there a utilitarian way of thinking and a principled way of thinking? And the utilitarian is basically an idiot because the utilitarian thinks he can go through all the consequences. So the first order consequence is, okay, Amazon gets this revenue back, you know, gets this tax break, but they bring in enough revenue and jobs that the taxes paid way exceed the tax break and New York wins. Okay. So that's like level one, right? Assuming that's even true, but let's just say it's true and they're not displacing other business and whatever else. Okay. But we're not talking about like the fact that all the rents go up and it prices out all the poor people who live there and causes a lot of human misery and the people who fought against the deal, mm-hmm. some of them just are actually representing those people who live in that place, right? That's, that's their job. But secondly, what does it say where the powerful companies start getting cheating you know, and having these edges and tax breaks over the regular businesses that are just trying to compete, using their muscle to do that? Is that a good precedent? Do we want, do we want municipalities constantly sucking up to these monopolies and making their lives even easier? What's the long-term effect of that. Well, nobody really knows. There's, there's a lot of pernicious effects of like letting the big guy come in and get, you know, sweetheart terms and dominate the situation. So I, I think these utilitarians who are like, well, if you just do the math, it's, it's obvious it's a, it's a lose for New York. Yeah. That's one level of what might happen if they did this, but what about just the overall situation and how it progresses? Nobody really knows. Nobody knows the, the, the effects are never all in for the utilitarian. We're talking about five years, we're talking about 10 years. We're talking about the precedented sets for decades. I mean, what, what are we even talking about in terms of the results? We don't know. We're talking about the people that are displaced that were there to just to accommodate big business and the attitude that, that basically represents, you know, the our representatives, our so-called representatives rolling over in the face of big business yet again. I mean, the, the effects are, are myriad. So I just think like the, you, you can't figure it out that way. It's impossible. I think the simple way to, to do it is, is this fair? Should we be giving tax breaks to a monopoly that basically just feels entitled to it because, you know, because it's, it's so powerful. And the answer is clearly no, as a matter of principle, no, fuck off, get the fuck out, get the fuck out of my city. You know, you nutless monkey sending those <laughs> dumbass fucking pictures of, to that woman. And Jeff told me, Jeff Erickson read the whole article. I didn't even read it, but basically that woman was like the wife of like his friend or like something, right? Did you hear about that? Yes, absolutely. Yes. It yes. wasn't some random woman. It was like some couple they had 
Oh, I think close? he was like his close friend. I think it's his close friend. I mean, you know, like, can't you find someone just random to do it with? Yeah, I know. Um, yes. No, it's horrible. Jeff Bozo's, right? Jeff Bozo, yeah. Jeff Bozo. I mean, I'm asking you, as a matter of principle, pay your bills like yeah, every, everyone else or get the fuck out, whatever. right? As a matter of principle. Yeah. You know, the, the ecosystem, you don't know anything. We don't know any of this shit. It's a complex system, the economy. Stop trying to pretend you know this shit. Yeah, that, that does that t- definitely makes sense. Um, I was trying to look up the connection. I know he was friends with him or something. To put. Yeah, no, that doesn't make it any better, the fact uh, who, whom he who cheated with. Two more quick things before, though, Liz, because I, I want your opinion on these guys. So are you feeling the burn again? Because he's definitely making a run here. And then Andrew Yang and Universal Income. Not, not sure how familiar you are with him, but those two things I want your opinion on. So I'm definitely positive about Bernie. I, I like the guy. I think he's got a lot of good ideas. Uh, I don't agree with everything he stands for, but I, I just think that like he and AOC and Tulsi Gabbard's a little different, but similar. You know, they're they're not in the pocket. You know, they're the ones that everyone, the media and the mainstream establishment hates because they're the actual threat to that business as usual. So even though I don't agree with all his ideas, I think they're really important counterweights to the way things are done. And even if Bernie or Tulsi Gabbard or eventually AOC were ever president, it, we wouldn't become a socialist country. We would just be a little less, hopefully, a little less completely having socialism for the rich. And the, the Fed, like, lowering rates, the point where this easy money is available for the rich who can borrow it and buy more assets, which go up because there's more money in the money supply. There's been this huge, huge, uh, not only the bailouts of the banks, but just the entire last decade where assets have inflated so much. It's been this huge bonanza for people who have assets. And personally, I have a house, so I've benefited somewhat also. It's, it's just a theft from people who work. So I, I think like they would, you know, they, they would like at least be a counterweight to what's going on. What about Andrew Yang, though? What about him? I don't, I don't know who that is. Okay, so he's this young guy running for president, universal income, or I mean, once from president, a lot, a lot of people, right? But anyway, he's making some noise, and he's um, on a recent Rogan podcast. I have not listened yet, so I'm actually glad you don't know, so you, don't, you, you didn't poison my opinion anyway before I hear him. But look into him, because he's at, definitely, definitely there's some, some talk to him. Look at Andrew Yang. Just, just look into him. Yeah, all right. All right, man. Good stuff, as always. All right, man. All right, All right, man. Take it easy. We'll uh, catch catch up to you next week.